The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is this I when spoken by a master who has conquered every vestige of ego consciousness? Therein lies the mystery of true scriptural teaching. That I that is no I, does it even exist? In what way is it different from the consciousness that animates other human beings? Jesus was not saying, look at me, don't look at other masters. He was saying rather, look at the divine self that is the essence of who you are, your very self. You are that I. No man cometh unto the divine consciousness except by first recognizing his own intrinsic divinity hidden beneath his delusive ego. The Bhagavad Gita in the fourth chapter states, O son of Prita, Arjuna, in whatever way people accept me, in that same way do I appear to them. For all men in some way pursue the path to me. Meditate on the divine incarnations, their lives and the consciousness animating them will be your stairway to the infinite. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. To um, wish you a, a, a glorious new year and may your days be filled with God's presence and ever deeper yearning for him. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity. Uh, this is a, a book on mystical poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. The gulf, of age, the gulf of ages lay between thee and me, widening as the waters of my oblivion of thee grew through centuries. I stand on this rocky shore of matter, gazing out over the gulf, hoping to see beyond thy smooth shores of peace. My inner thought architects will build for me a bridge of constant remembrance of thee. The strong mental girders of self-control now are being riveted together. My dreams of thee gather to make a rainbow bridge of self-realization over which very soon I will reach thy shore. <clears throat> Our talk today is on the divine uh, ascension. Uh, there's a beautiful story of Lord Rama 
and Ravana, who is uh, uh, his kingdom uh, or uh, his uh, soldiers and his people were the Rachakshas. And uh, it's the story of the Ramayana. And it's a great epic about the overcoming of light over darkness. And it's a universal story, but it's a story that applies to each uh, one of us. And uh, Rama's army was comprised of monkeys, mostly monkeys. And they were fighting the Radakshas. And uh, Ravana, he had 10 heads and 20 arms, I understand. Uh, and they were a fierce army. And they were fighting. And Lord Rama realized that the monkeys, uh, they were being attacked so ferociously uh, that they were in retreat and uh, the great panic had swept his, through his army. So he decided to do something about it. And uh, the monkeys all see uh, Rama everywhere. So each one saw Rama in the other person, uh, the, uh, Ramana's army, and uh, Ram's uh, soldiers, or the monkeys, they saw uh, Lord Rama. Well, you can imagine uh, Ram's devotees, the monkeys, they were thrilled to see Rama everywhere. And they stopped and they uh, just pronomed each other and they danced around because they were dancing with Lord Rama. Uh, and uh, their part uh, of the field of battle was very, very calm and very joyful. Well, the, the Rakshashas, they saw their enemy uh, Lord Rama, and they started attacking each other. And they killed everyone. And then, of course, there was peace on the battlefield after that. And uh, it's, it's very, very interesting because when we're in duality, uh, when we're in separation uh, from spirit, uh, we see opposites everywhere. Uh, we see opposition everywhere. And we're always at war with life. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda said that uh, people's experience of life is different. And, uh, and viewing life requires yoga, yoga insight. Uh, because to see the underlying apparent discord in life, uh, you have to get into that consciousness uh, of unity. I um, traveled to England uh, uh, one year, and I had a chance to go to the Battle of Hastings. This is where uh, uh, William the Conqueror, who was an incarnation of Yogananda, uh, he came to unite England and spread the idea of uh, individual freedom throughout the world. It had to develop, but if eventually uh, throughout the West, uh, these ideas were spread. Well, he, when he landed on uh, Hastings, uh, there was a field that was about the size of the, uh, the market lawn and the, uh, the gardens. That's how big the, uh, uh, where the battle took place. And I was, my sponsor, who was a good Englishman, uh, uh, he was rooting for the Saxons. We each had a little speaker, and one was from the Saxon side, and the other was from the Norman viewpoint of, of the event. And so he took the Saxons. He had been to Ananda several times, uh, but uh, anyway, it told the story from those two different perspectives. But at the end of the battle, which I thought was very, very interesting, uh, is that, uh, and they had soldiers with their mail on that would walk around and, uh, and that, and so you really had a, a sense of everything. Uh, it said that Master, at the end of the battle, uh, there were all these soldiers killed on both sides, and he spent the whole night in prayer uh, and uh, for all the souls because uh, 
he, he just, of course, being an avatar, he just saw he was one with God. And he didn't see that kind of separation. And my friend, he thought, well, that's, he started, I, I got him to admit, well, that's a pretty good uh, perspective uh, on that. Uh, but that's what an avatar is, is it's a descent of the Supreme Spirit into human form. And uh, it, it's a rare birth. Uh, you have Krishna, you have Jesus, um, you have the Buddha. Uh, Yogananda, all the line uh, in the self-realization line uh, are great avatars. And when a soul comes fully liberated on earth, they have a tremendous power to liberate many, many souls, more than just a few uh, uh, that a master has when they become liberated in their incarnation. Uh, but when one comes already liberated, it's... Uh, uh, the, the, their, their ability to free people is much, much greater. Uh, when uh, Yogananda was a little baby, uh, his mother uh, took him to see the great uh, avatar Lahiri Mahashai. And uh, Lahiri looked at Yogananda and he said to Yogananda's mother, uh, he's going to be a, a great yogi. He's going to be a spiritual engine and pull many, many souls to God's kingdom. And, it's, uh, and why do we want to meditate with the avatars? Yogananda said that whenever we pray, whenever we meditate, to think of the great ones, and we'll feel a great reinforcement of their power. And uh, uh, Swami Kriyananda said that you know, we wouldn't even really seek God unless we had the examples of the avatars because, uh, because of uh, the, just the incredible joy and bliss uh, that they have, but also their magnetism that really like draws us. Uh, we, there's a proverb in India, uh, India that says, uh, you uh, take one step towards God and God takes seven steps towards us. All he has to see is that we're interested uh, in, in knowing him. Uh, there's a beautiful story of Sister Gautamata and uh, she was just so in tune with Yogananda that she could just pick up uh, the, the merest thought. Um, she instantly was aware of any inner blessing that Yogananda sent on her way. One day she, was, she had been ill uh, for many, many years, decades, and she wasn't able to go to Sunday service. And uh, she got to see Yogananda afterwards. He visited her room. And she complimented Yogananda on, or not complimented, that would be the wrong word, but just said how much she, he enjoyed uh, these points he made in his lecture. And he goes, oh, you heard that, did you? Uh, and uh, when she was living in Seattle before she uh, joined Yogananda in the ashram, uh, she um, had been having a lot of health issues. That's why she wasn't in the ashram. And, uh, and then they turned worse. And Yogananda was in New York City at that time. So she wrote him a letter and asked for uh, his prayers. And she counted how many days it would take for that letter uh, to get to New York City. And then on the day that she felt the letter uh, had arrived, she just felt uh, and just felt and heard a tremendous roaring of the own vibration. Uh, and she knew that um, Yogananda had received her letter and he healed her uh, through his vibrations. And you know, uh, in the Bible, um, Jesus, uh, he, he said that um, uh, when, you, uh, when the Holy Ghost comes, uh, you'll receive great power. And then he breathed on the disciples. And, uh, and they were just uh, 
infused with the Holy Spirit, which is another word for Om. And in the Om vibration, it's the Guru that sends that vibration. The Guru is the instrument for God. And when God is pleased with the devotee's devotion, the Guru sends that vibration. And in that vibration, which is the presence of God in creation, every spiritual experience is accompanied uh, by that Om. And the sound of Om is actually the Kundalini rising up through the sp uh, spine to the Christ center. Uh, and uh, in that vibration, you know that only God exists. Uh, as Swami Kriyananda said, that you uh, experience a great reality and you know that you are that reality. And it's that magnetism of the great ones that pull us into that. And we're uh, so blessed to have uh, five great avatars, but also techniques that we can uh, cooperate with that inner grace. Yogananda uh, gave a promise. He said that um, uh, I have this promise that you can, be, uh, you can be free in this lifetime if you cooperate with this grand endeavor. And, but you must uh, be vigilant. And he, uh, he, we've been giving all the tools, all the graces available, and uh, uh, the, the techniques in order to uh, withdraw our energy and lift it up to God, and then let God take it from there. You know, it's, it's very, very important um, to be positive on the spiritual path. Yogananda in the class, the new students that would join the, uh, uh, his ashram, uh, one of the points is being positive at all times. And why is that? Uh, well, uh, negativity doesn't work. <laughs> we know that. Uh, uh, negativity sort of dissipates the energy. And it's not cohesive and it doesn't last. But the main thing uh, about when we aren't positive is that we're denying the reality of God. Uh, there's an underlying harmony to life. Uh, and there's, there's just... Uh, Yogananda, the great saints, maybe we've had that experience in nature where you just feel that love is permeating everything. And, uh, and this, is, um, uh, this is the path of spirit as we awaken uh, to that. And when we're in a negative viewpoint, we're, we're, we aren't really, we've dropped our vision down uh, into just things of duality, of opposite, uh, uh, things not being uh, perfect in that sense of perfect joy and, and perfect love. And so this is uh, so, so important. There's a, a beautiful story of a young man that was a, a disciple of Nandamoy Ma. And he was very, very weak uh, 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 with a case of uh, severe dysentery. And in fact, he was dying. And uh, Nandamoy Ma went to see him. And uh, he was in great pain and suffering a lot. And uh, he, she saw that he was just resisting what was happening to him. And, uh, and she, uh, she said, uh, I want to help you, but you have to help yourself. Uh, and uh, I want you to smile. And the, uh, the young man, uh, very weak, said, um, but Ma, it hurts so much, I can't smile. Uh, and she said, but you have to try. You have to try. And so he tried, and he had this just weak little smile like that. And when Anandamoy saw that, uh, she smiled inwardly, and then she started uh, massaging his limbs, and he was cured.
Uh, but he had to start the energy. Um, God responds to what we want. If we don't want him, uh, as Master said, uh, God says, I will wait. Uh, until we do want him, because he doesn't want to impose himself uh, on us. We have free will, uh, and uh, we have to come to this realization in ourselves, because then it's not put uh, upon us, but it's something that we've really reawakened in our whole being to. And when we make that effort, then God receives us and brings us up. There's uh, another uh, point uh, is to uh, just focus always on the light. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now uh, that are crazy, that could be a little bit discouraging uh, that uh, we see, uh, but uh, it's on what we uh, concentrate on is what we become. Uh, if we concentrate on the light, uh, then our consciousness becomes light. Uh, and uh, there's a... a there's actually a woman in India, uh, Jyotishan Devi, shared this uh, experience or this story uh, with us some, uh, some time ago. Uh, Rani Bon was a great, great devotee, and she um, uh, knew many, many great saints of India, and they would visit her house. And uh, she was in communion with Babaji. Uh, she had uh, several visitations of Babaji. When she was alive, she passed away in 2005. And her son, uh, who was the Swami's assistant in Swami's early days in India, um, he is in contact with his mother still. And uh, she said her mother's in contact with Babaji on the astral plane. Well, uh, Rani Bon, seeing what was going on in the world, all over the world, not just uh, uh, our home country, uh, uh, she, uh, she asked Babaji, uh, uh, can you... Uh, can you do something uh, about what's happening in the world? And uh, can you help dispel some of the darkness? And uh, Babaji said, um, I can't dispel the darkness. Duality depends on both light and dark for its mere existence. Uh, if you had a movie, a uh, black and white movie, and if it was just all white, It'd be a pretty boring movie, wouldn't it? Uh, and um, it wouldn't be entertaining. Uh, and uh, to keep Maya going, keep delusion going, uh, there has to be a lot of entertainment. And so it's that combination of light and dark uh, that keeps uh, uh, existence going. Uh, then Babaji said, but, I, uh, my, uh, but my job is to increase the light. And that's the job of all of us, is to increase the light. Uh, and just concentrate on that. Uh, remember where I talked about opposition and opposites. Uh, when you uh, have duality, the swings of duality. Um, uh, in Taoism, they talk about when things reach their limit, they just go the other way. And nothing ever lasts. But when we go one way, we have the opposite of the other. And uh, you know, a, a pendulum? Uh, they have some of them that will swing for over a million times. Uh, and that's what happens to the soul when it gets into the reactive process, back and forth. But finally, it comes to rest at the very center. And at that center uh, is, uh, is the stillness of spirit. And when we get into that point, uh, then that's where we're free from anything in vibratory creation. You know, we're sons and daughters of God. And uh, we, uh, 
we've been born and we've lived through creation. Uh, but what God wants for us is to be beyond creation like he is and to be in that perfect stillness. And when we are in that stillness, we see through delusion and we aren't caught by it. And, but what if we don't have a guru or an avatar? We, we have a spiritual center and that's where we find them. I uh, was visiting, doing some programs in, I think it was in New Jersey. And uh, there was a, a school principal there. I was visiting him on Sunday morning. And he uh, said, you know, just a week ago, uh, at this same time, on this same day, uh, I had a very, very interesting experience. Um, I had had to uh, suspend the wrestling coach at our school uh, because he was verbally abusing uh, the students. And he'd been a state champion. He was really revered by uh, the whole school uh, community in the, in the region. And uh, he, um, he was very upset and his, um, his uncles and uh, uh, brothers, they were upset too. And I noticed two cars coming my way, just speeding right up to the office. And no one was around. Uh, so I called home and said, asked my daughter to call uh, uh, school security. And then I slammed the phone down, uh, down and, uh, and they just came roaring up. And about seven really big guys got out of the car. And I had only a few minutes uh, before they came in. So I, I, he was in the habit of meditating. Uh, and he meditated actually very, very well in those few minutes. <laughs> and they stormed into the room. And they were used to um, intimidating people. They were big guys, and they usually had their way with people. And there were seven of them and one of him. And they just, why did you do that? And there was this big, big energy there. And they were looming over him. And he had just been meditating like this. And he had a regular practice. And, uh, and then as he was listening to them, they noticed that he wasn't afraid of them. And they, uh, they respected strength. It wasn't the kind of strength that they normally displayed, but they saw that it was a strength that was very, very strong and not intimidated. And then after, I don't know, maybe it was four or five minutes, they started to wind down. And, uh, and, uh, and then in that kind of quiet, he was able to explain uh, what he did and why he had to do that for the benefit of the students that he hoped that uh, uh, the young man, the coach, uh, would uh, understand and change his ways uh, so that he could come back. And he really hoped that that was the case. And uh, they didn't say anything at the time, uh, but they took it in. And then when they went home, he found out later, they talked to the wrestling coach, said, you better get your act together uh, because uh, you know, look what you're doing to the students and you can come back if you really change your ways. And this is what happened. You know, it said that outer events, all of us, we, we read uh, in the news or whatever, all these things that are happening, but um, they said that outer events adjust to our own inner control because uh, centered energy is more magnetic and more powerful than dissipated restless energy. And not everything is going to immediately turn towards that, but if, but if people are open, situation, the karma is ready to appeal to that strong, centered 
flow of divine energy uh, that maybe we have a chance to manifest a little bit of, uh, the world will respond. And the main thing is that we grow uh, in closeness with God. And the more that that closeness comes uh, into our lives, the more that we can share and the more uh, we can touch uh, other people. There's, uh, um, let's see, I have another story I'd like to tell you. Um, I, I was talking about the, uh, the techniques that we have to attune to uh, the great masters and so that um, they can really free us and, uh, and when we can really prepare ourselves to, uh, to uh, open ourselves completely uh, to them. And there's a, a beautiful story of Shiva, Lord Shiva, uh, and Parvati. And Lord Shiva, being the great yogi, would roam the universe. He was always in samadhi and never felt a separation from anything in the universe. And Parvati, um, uh, she uh, wanted to feel close to uh, Shiva uh, and, uh, uh, because he was gone a lot. And uh, Shiva, of course, the great soul that she was, uh, she asked Shiva to teach her to meditate and so um, and, so, and, and how to enter into samadhi. Uh, and so Shiva uh, told Parvati, well, I want you to close your eyes, uh, uh, still your, uh, your, your mind, uh, turn your gaze inward. Uh, and so, and then this is the dialogue that happened between Shiva and Parvati as Parvati was meditating. And uh, uh, this will hopefully be your experience, if not now, someday. Uh, he said uh, to Parvati, uh, what do you see? And Parvati said, uh, I see your form in my mental vision. And so then uh, Shiva said, uh, go beyond that form. What do you see? And then Parvati said, I see the light. And Shiva said, go beyond the light. What do you sense? I hear the holy Om vibration. And then uh, Shiva said, transcend that Om vibration. And then Parvati didn't say anything. She had merged beyond the world of uh, creative vibration into the cosmic self into that silence. Well, that's a great story. And it's a story um, of, uh, of great uh, divine, I don't know what, call, what to call Shiva really, but divine being. And, uh, but we've been giving even our simplest technique, our first meditation technique, uh, the uh, Hong Sa uh, technique of uh, awareness of the breath and saying the mantra Hong and Sa, uh, with the breaths, uh, and, but it's an act of great, great renunciation. Uh, because what do we do when we observe the breath? Well, the mind kicks in and it gets into its uh, likes and dislikes, its fears, its preoccupations, and we pull ourselves away from that impulsiveness uh, just to the simple bringing our mind back to observing the breath. And so we, we pull away from that. As the reading talked about, we're just getting away from ego consciousness. Yogananda said the ego is the soul identified with the body and personality. And so we're breaking that link. 
But then much more happens with that technique. Uh, the, the dual uh, twofold uh, mantra Hong Sa turns into uh, the one mantra Om. And Om, as I talked about, is that Kundalini rising up through the spine to the Christ center. And Swami Kriyananda talks about uh, that we want to follow movement uh, to its very source. And that, that's you know, the pristine Om vibration. But at the center of every vibrating atom in the universe is the stillness of God. And the Om leads us into the Christ consciousness. Swami talks about the pauses in Hong Sa is where Christ consciousness is. So every time we're doing that technique, we're inviting a deeper awareness of that Christ consciousness within. And then the soul, when it becomes perfectly still, merges into the Father. So it's just all laid out for us. And this is something that we know, most of us, we've been doing these techniques. We have the incredible power, uh, the spiritual engine of uh, an avatar to pull us to God. And then we have a way to cooperate that, with that grace. You know, we're at the midpoint between uh, the anniversary of the birth of uh, one great avatar, Jesus Christ, and then of Paramahansa Yogananda, whose birth was is, uh, January 5th. And uh, Yogananda said that those who uh, think me near, I will be near. And Yogananda said that at Christmas time, Christ's vibration are really pouring out into the world and just are very, very strong at this point. And we're sort of at that midpoint of you know, Christmas vibrations and Yogananda's birth. So in this new year, let's take even more advantage uh, of, of their vibrations, of their holy presence, and uh, fill our heart with that and cultivate that and expand and share that. You know, Swami uh, Kriyananda said that um, those who serve the light, they become light in the consciousness. And that's really the beautiful benefit of living in community and having the opportunity uh, to share this light with everyone. Bless us all.